Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Armchair Book and Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host. My name is, let's see, what's a good word begins with S? Stupendous, super. Uh, let's go with stu- let's go with super because stupendous. Uh, they wore that out at WrestleMania, so I. Oh, they did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I am Super Steve, and joining me is delicious Dwaylon Davis. <laughs> you knew that was coming. Oh, I knew it was coming. I knew it. And that one, there's actually a background story to this one, ladies and gentlemen, because yesterday Dwaylon celebrated his birthday. Yep. And his wife posted on Facebook about him being absolutely delicious. <laughs> and so Kyle, those who want to know who Kyle is, yep. Kyle said that ought to be Dwaylon's new, new nickname on the podcast. <laughs> and I, all I responded with was done. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Done. <laughs> Done. So that is Dwaylon's henceforth, <coughs> henceforth, his name is now Delicious Dwaylon Davis. Uh, and that is like one of the funniest things ever. By the it way, <laughs> uh, happy birthday, brother. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, and for those of y'all listening, you know, definitely send Dwaylon happy birthday on his Twitter at fat underscore daddy 73. Yep. That's how you find him. And we'll go through all that as well with all the other content listening info. After I announced, we're going to be talking about something that I don't see how we've actually kind of skipped over this, except for the fact we knew it was going to be a lot of stuff to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. The year 1995 in the wrestling world. Yeah. Because, wow, what a dumpster fire of a year. It really was. Uh, it was just, and I mean, as a whole, uh, like we were talking about before uh, the show started, a lot of people just want to think that 1995 was just a terrible year for WWE. No, it was an awful <laughs> year for, you know, WCW also. You know, WCW was pretty bad in 95 also. Yep. And so basically the title of the episode is, was 1995 as bad as people think it was? And we'll kind of, you know, we'll talk about that because there was some good things that actually happened. Yeah. You know, because yeah. um, if the entire year was nothing but bad, we would probably not keep watching wrestling yeah yeah <laughs> uh it was very eventful that's for sure um but until you know that, that, yeah i'd say i don't know if it was the worst year but mm, uh, i mean it, it's something to I mean, it's it's, uh, it's mm, kind of up there though. <laughs> yeah but before we started that, I will go ahead and give the rest of our contact listing info. If you want to email us, it's armchairbookingpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash armchairbookingpodcast. Find us on Instagram at armchairbooking. Find us on Twitter at bookingarmchair. You can find us on TikTok at armchairbooking. You can find us on YouTube. You know that if you're watching the video. We have no other video platforms so that we'll put this on for right now because I don't think there really is any, any other options for right now. No, I don't think so. Yeah, uh, and any audio platform you can think of, we are probably there. If we're not there, let one of us know, and we will do what we can to get ourselves at it. And you can also, like I mentioned before, you can find Dwaylon on Twitter at fat underscore daddy 73. Make sure you go on there and say happy birthday, delicious. (laughs) He'll appreciate that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And you can also find our merch at tpublic.com slash user slash armchair dash booking dash podcast unfortunately you can you can no longer get the travel coffee mugs which makes me really sad yeah. you know but i mean hopefully they'll give them in the future they said they might but for right now you know 
I'm going to guess it must have been a business decision. Maybe they, maybe they weren't selling as much. Yeah. Uh, probably because I think whenever you see the mug, some people may not know you can look at other options. Yeah, they may just think it's a think they only have the coffee mug and don't realize you could. Yeah. Pick other options. But you can get a phone case, just like that, and you can get t-shirts, and you get the mask. I'm not getting the mask out. <laughs> <laughs> but, you, but you can get I, I actually keep it with me whenever I'm at work just in case I, if I have to go somewhere like the VA like I did the other day and you have to wear right. a mask yeah uh but like unlike this past Sunday where I had to take my son to the emergency room because he decided to have chip a little bone off of his tibia in a scooter accident which he's no longer allowed to get on scooters for a long time it's the second time he's had a scooter accident <laughs> that's led me to take him to the ER so uh, the first time he fell and had his hand stuck out or arm stuck out. And, yeah. Uh, that one could have been a lot worse. This one, you know, he actually did break a bone, which apparently he's happy about. <laughs> um, you know, and it's just a little chip. He's telling his friends that he broke his ankle like really bad. And basically his foot is hanging on by a tendon. So it's kind of played up for the fellas, though. Oh, he does. I mean, and now, <laughs> you know, now, you know, his best friend, our next door neighbor, you know, he's like, man, I want to break my ankle now. I'm like, no, no, you don't know. <laughs> but he didn't tell uh, his dad, yeah, you need, you need to watch out for it. Make sure, you know, he's, yeah, because he's, he's going to do something to try to hurt himself. Because, yeah, if you see him start climbing on the roof saying, you know, he threw something up there and needs to get it, you may want to watch him because he may try to jump off like he's Superman. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, I mean, that is kids. Yeah. Uh, he, he broke a bone. I mean, uh, it's not like you know, how they break bones in wrestling because we've seen how they do that. Yeah, because, yeah. He, you know, he cr- uh-huh. got this little bitty crack. You could see it on the x-ray. In fact, in the doc showed me on the x-ray, it only shows up on one side. So if that tells you it's a little mm-hmm. bitty, you know, yeah. chip off. He's acting like it's Sid Vicious's ankle where it's like. Like it's just dangling. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, so he, he's going to have to have the boot. I actually have an appointment tomorrow morning at the doctor's office for, for us to go over a lot of things. But he's already got – he's got a walk-in boot and he's got crutches. He still can't put any weight on it mm-hmm. yet. But and we're going to have to go down to Florida with him. Yeah. Oh. So that part's not going to be as fun for him because, you know, we're going to be on vacation going yeah. to, you know, well, taking my daughter down you know, to Orlando to help her move in, but also we're going to be hitting Universal Studios at least, you know, I think two days while we're there. Well, he'll get his workout in with those uh, Oh, he will, <laughs> you know, so, uh, but anyway, and I'm trying to think any other kind of wildness that could have happened. Um, no, nothing I can really think of. Yeah, because we were talking about blood sugar beforehand. Yeah. Yep. Uh, that's what we do when we become old men, you know, or old ish. <laughs> Blood sugar and CPAPs. <laughs> yeah, CPAP machines. My CPAP machine is like, uh, that's uh, having some really, really wild dreams, you know. So I'll uh, be getting some really good sleep, though. I mean, when you have the nice dreams, it means you have the nice REM sleep, which means mm-hmm. you're sleeping good. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, we used to talk about just wrestling back in the day. You know, well, when we were in school, we talked about other things besides wrestling. We talked about yeah. what, te- what teenage boys talk about. Yeah. Now we talk about CPAPs and blood sugar. <laughs> But, uh, but anyway, I digress. So when you think about 1995, what are some of the things that kind of stick out in your mind? Uh, let's see. Kevin Nash being world champion for a year. Um, 
WrestleMania not being very good that year. Just the booking as a whole just yeah. wasn't very good. And a lot of that is they were short on talent. They were. They, I, I mean, they, they it was were something very I didn't, short. Yeah, it, it was yeah. something I did not realize until I was. Yeah, you know, I mean, they were very short on talent. I mean, look, think of it this way. Um, like, you know, it's like, who really did they have to put against Kevin Nash in the main event? Shawn Michaels would have been the only person because I'm trying to think what happened. To, was Razor even at Mania? No, he was. Um, I think he was serving a suspension that that WrestleMania. Okay. Yeah, Scott cool. Hall was one of those guys. He never. He didn't. He rarely got injured. Usually, if he missed if he missed a big match, it was generally because he had gotten in some trouble. And he was good at doing that too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, like, uh, let's see. When Kevin Nash was champion, I'm getting this information from uh, CagesideSeats.com. Um, they're basically saying, you know, they, you know, they still had the PR mess from the steroid stuff. Mm-hmm. They were still trying to. That's kind of why they kind of went with the new generation stuff and trying to give them a more wholesome image after the, you know, the PR nightmare of the steroid trials and all that. Um, and they were trying to go with younger faces because a lot of the guys that were the big stars for, you know, during the golden era were some of the people involved in the steroid issue. Mm-hmm. So they had to get kind of get away from that. So Vince turned to Kevin Nash, but they're like, business got worse. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it says here, in Kevin Nash's full year as champion, house show attendance averaged less than 3,000 people a show. Uh, bottoming out at, in September of 95, they were averaging... Uh, about 1,940 people Oof. per house show. Yeah. Uh, said so not only was live attendance down, so were ratings, pay-per-view, buys, and merchandise. Um, it's like everything was just all the metrics were down, you know, while Kevin Nash was champion, which Kevin Nash gets a lot of blame because they're like, well, he couldn't you know, he couldn't put butts in seats. He couldn't, you know, move merch or anything. One thing, merchandise in 95, t- 1995 t-shirts were terrible. Don't let anybody tell you that they were. <laughs> they were awful yeah. looking t-shirts. I didn't, you know, they're not like this, like this one I'm wearing now. The They're, they're not like how they've been since like Austin 316. Really, the very next year. The very next year, yeah. Austin 316 but, and the NWO. Yeah, the yeah. The, really, the, the, the beginning of great wrestling T-shirts started with Austin 316 and the NWO. Those were the two hottest selling T-shirts. But as far as merch goes, it's like they had, you know, you had the big foam fingers and all that stuff. And it's like that stuff worked in the 80s. But come mid-90s, it's like, 
part of the, for me, I feel like part of the issue with 95 being such a bad year is not only work, they pushed too hard to go the opposite direction from the steroid trials. Mm-hmm. They tried to make everything. You look, you look at NXT 2.0, that'll give you an idea of what they were, <laughs> at least the color scheme or whatever, will give you a kind of an idea of what they were trying to do in 95. Everything was bright and colorful and outlandish characters. And it's like nothing was, you had no really grounded characters besides like, Shawn Michaels. I mean, really, you had Kevin Nash, you had Shawn Michaels, Razor Ramon. To an extent, one, two, three, kid, and Bret Hart. Other than that, you had garbage men and clowns, and you just had all of this. I mean, it was literally a circus. You even had a clown there. Yeah, you I even mean, had a clown. In fact, yeah. not only did you have, you actually had the second clown because the first clown yes. had left. Yep. And was using the Doink name, and was sued for because he was using the Doink name. Yeah, yeah. And you know, yeah, because that was Matt Osborne. Yep. Uh, Matt Bourne, I think, was his. Re- he used the name it, Matt Bourne. Yeah, he went by Matt Bourne, but yeah. But yeah, Matt Osborne. Yeah, uh, because now they, he would be like the Bourne identity. But anyway, <laughs> but yeah, he they sued him, and it, yeah. and from what I was, uh, I can't remember if that was on, that may have been on actually on the YouTube uh, video that I watched because there's a YouTube video that does the entire timeline of 1995. Oh wow! Yeah, it's a little over an hour long, and it actually does date by date by date. You okay. know, so if something happened in wrestling on whatever date, they talked about it, mm-hmm. and so that's why some of these things I didn't, I didn't, and I was like, wow. Did it happen in 95? I think it was like, wow, did that actually happen? Because <laughs> they actually mentioned their roster fell down to like 45 people. Yeah. And I mean, you had a lot, so a lot of the older guys left. You know, a lot of them ended up going to WCW, um, especially like, you know, Hogan and Savage. You yep. know, two of the biggest names from the first boom period. Yep. Were working for the competition, of course. It wasn't it wasn't great down south either. No. <laughs> because uh, that oh if you thought WWF, WWE was bad, they were still better more or less. <laughs> they, oh yeah. Than yeah. what WCW's one time because WCW, first of all, that was the year of the uncensored pay-per-view, mm-hmm. the first one. Mm-hmm. Where they had the what what do they call it? That match they were in the back of a semi. The uh yes, the um mm-hmm. I can't remember the name of the match. I know Barry Darso was called the Blacktop Bully. Yep. He was wrestling um uh, Dustin Rhodes. Yep. My diabetes meter telling me my sugar's <laughs> too high. Oh whoops. Uh, See? It's all right. It does that sometimes. Yeah, okay. It's all right. Not worried about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, I'll tell you right now, if I see Jalen start slumping over, uh, we, like, we, we might have to end the show. Yeah. I'll make a judgment call. You know, if, if you see me give the thumbs up, I, I, I'm okay. Now, if I go, I pull the old Batista, <laughs> then it's like, nah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, um, but yeah, so it was Barry Darcy, the Blacktop Bully, and Dustin Road, King of the Road, King of the Road, King of the Road. That's yes. it. Yep. King of the Road. And Which, I don't know who's who whose idea was that. Honestly, I'm going to guess it was Mike Graham. 
because Mike Graham also the the late Mike Graham. I, I yeah. go through that because he also gave them the okay to blade. Yeah, which was a huge no no at and, that time in WCW, and they both got fired as soon as like the yeah, as soon as the match ended. Gone. Which the, on the pay per view, the match was pre recorded. Um. It was in the daylight. And yeah. Everything else was at night. Yeah. The, the rest of the pay-per-view was at night, but that was in the middle of the day. <laughs> but as soon as that got done taping, they both got fired for blading. Yep. And you would think it's on tape. Why didn't y'all they, they edit that? You can't just edit it out or do camera angles where you can't really see the blood. But it's like... Uh... Nothing was going to save that match. It was a ridiculous concept. There was nothing they could do on the back of a moving truck except punch and kick. That's all you could throw. That's all you could do. Yeah, because you had to be careful about throwing each other against the side because what the side broke. Yeah. What if the side, yeah, what if the side broke? Then you're out in the highway and just, it was just a ridiculous concept that, you know, they were giving Dustin Rhodes nothing at that time. It was like they were trying to push him as Dusty Rhodes light. But it wasn't, you know, it wasn't working. And then there weren't blacktop bully was a terrible gimmick for Barry Darso. It was just dumb all the way around. But that was indicative of the, the booking style for mm -hmm. WCW in 1995. So don't just think it was WWE that was had terrible booking. No, it was it was all across the country and <laughs> all different promotions. You know, the sad thing about Barry Darso, I'm trying to think if he ever had another good character um, even after that, because before he was Blacktop Bully, well, <laughs> Repo Man, which Repo Man, that was one of the ones. It, I was entertained by Repo yeah. Man. I, I mean, it, it, it had definitely had a ceiling of like. Oh, yeah. Middle of the mid card at best. Middle of the mid card, <laughs> yeah. Middle of the mid card at best. I mean, it, not intercontinental champion or anything. No. It was like well, he right may here. Have, he may have stole it. it, it yeah, but <laughs> that would that would have been funny and in character. To me, the gimmick was funny, but it's still Smash is like the the highest point. Yep. Of his career was Smash of Demolition, and you know, and Crusher Khrushchev. And Crusher Khrushchev. Yeah, yeah, those were both good. I mean, he started as well, Crusher Darso, which morphed into Crusher Khrushchev. Yeah, and somehow the accent. Everybody else started trying to at least at, trying at least tried to speak with the Russian accent, not him. He's like, no, nope. <laughs> nah, can't do it. <laughs> nope, can't do it. Nope. But yeah, okay. but Crusher, but Crusher Khrushchev was over. I mean, he, yeah, it really was. Yeah, that and it worked. He worked well with the Russians and. You know, that was great. And then, of course, you know, him and Axe with Demolition. It's yeah. like one of still, I still feel like Demolition because of the concussion lawsuit and WWE trying to push them out of history. This is why they had the New Day beat their record. Demolition is still a very underrated tag team. In oh, my yeah. Opinion. Absolutely. Because, they, I mean, they need to be in the Hall of Fame. Absolutely. Because, they carried that tag team division on their back and they played like they started out as WWE's answer to the road warriors. And then they just, because of their talent and creativity, they morphed into something completely different. And another thing about Barry Darso, when demolition turned face, I was, 
kind of okay with it, even though I like them better as bad guys as heels. Mm-hmm. Barry Darso, the gimmick fits a heel better yes. than a face. Everything Barry Darso did fit better as a heel, even though if you ever listen to him, he's actually a super nice guy. Oh yeah, in real yeah. life, and but you know who's an expert on heels? Ted, the Hillbilly yep. Hill. Absolutely. Yep. And if you don't know about his show, The Hill Truth, go check it out. On once again, he's on quite a few platforms. Mm-hmm. You know, I know he's on Apple Music because that's where I listen to him. I know he's on Spotify. He uses Anchor, so if you if you use yep. Anchor, you go definitely go check him out. Uh, great guy, and he uh, once again he had another podcast. I was about two hours long because he had um, I cannot think of the name of their podcast, and it's going to drive me nuts. Uh, but go listen to it uh, because once again he puts out a quality product. Number one in Antarctica and MySpace. My, and MySpace award-winning critically acclaimed yeah you know but yeah so he is the expert on heels and because we said so and if and he'll tell you that and if you if you think he's wrong prove it prove it yeah so but anyway so after on uncensored there was a there was a few other matches that i don't even want to get into it was just not a good pay-per-view and no. that Let's was see. Uh, Let's see what else was on that card Let's oh, see. I believe that was was that also the one where Renegade debuted? Um, it may have been. Are you looking it up? Okay, I'll look. Yeah, it, I'm looking it, it up. Uh, let's see. You had Flair attacking Savage. Uh, Savage had a match against the Avalanche. Was WWE? He was Earthquake. Uh, Flair uh, got Avalanche disqualified because he attacked Savage. He was Flair was dressed in. Uh, like a woman attacked uh, Savage, uh, posing as a fan. Uh, had Falls Count Anywhere Texas Tornado tag team match. One too many stipulations on there. Um, between the Nasty Boys and Harlem Heat. Um, normally, with, that I would think that'd be a pretty good match. Normally, but, but yeah, but Harlem Heat were the world tag team champions, and the titles weren't on the line. <laughs> Exactly. You have a match with that with two different stipulations in it. And the titles aren't on the line, even though the champions are involved in the match. Um, uh, let's see. Before the pay-per-view, Hogan's manager, Jimmy Hart, was kidnapped, tied up <laughs> in an undisclosed location by Vader and Flair. Oh. Uh, during the match, uh, let's see, Hart escaped and joined the renegade at ringside masked man appeared to attack the renegade uh hogan beat vader here's how hogan oh my god i forgot all about this hogan beats vader it was a it was a strap match where that the one where he, the corners. where he drug he flair dr- around he drug flair around yeah and touched all the corners and they awarded the match to hogan i remember watching that one i was sitting in my dorm room in japan and I'd, I'd rented the video, and I, I wanted to smash my VCR. I, was, oh, yeah. I cannot believe it. Because, and also, in a strap match, the whole point is you have it strapped to you. I mean, yeah. attached to you. You're not supposed to be able to take it off. Yeah. The whole match, Hogan kept taking it off, walking around. Yeah. You know. He walked around, he'd walk around and pose, or he'd take the strap off and then whip his opponent with, yeah. with the end that was supposed to be attached to him. And to top it all off, not only did he drag the wrong man around to each corner, his world title was not on line. Because uncensored, everything was unsanctioned. Mm-hmm. 
So, um, big bag of dumb. That's what that is. <laughs> big old bag of dumb. Big old bag of dumb. But on the <laughs> on the other side, and we will kind of mention ECW at some point because ECW were actually they were really starting to come in their own at this time. Yeah, because the at least they were honest about what they were doing. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, if that makes yeah. any sense, I mean yeah. they were they were yeah, hardcore. They never, yeah, they never made any bones about what you know what they were and what they were you know trying to accomplish. But the other pay per views, the Royal Rumble, this is actually considered one of the worst Royal Rumbles, uh, even though it actually has one of the most memorable spots. Uh, but this was the Shawn Michaels the first time he won, and it was one minute intervals. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and I believe this is also the one where Carlos Colon, he was one of the entrants in Gorilla Monsoon, referred to him as a youngster. <laughs> <laughs> Even though he was like 42 years old at the time, you know, it was something. But um, yeah, so you know, this, this youngster, I'm like, Carlos Colon, that dude's been wrestling for a while. I was like, man, I remember watching him. Yeah. You know, and yeah. But, and of course that led up to WrestleMania 11 where I get it. They had such a big celebrity presence because that was the main event was Bam Bam and LT. Yeah. I also feel like but, they had a big celebrity presence because again, they were short on talent. They were. And they needed some stuff to fill out that that runtime. Because if you notice, they had all kinds of skits with celebrities yeah. throughout that show. And it's like the only the only thing I will ever go back and watch on that card is Diesel and Shawn Michaels for the title. Yeah. I mean, and LT and Bamalo, LT and Bam Bam Bigelow was it was good for what it was. Yeah. It still shouldn't have been the main event. No. That should have been Diesel and Shawn for the title. And I mean, I get why some wrestlers do not like it when the, when non-wrestlers mm -hmm. are in the matches and they win. Now we know we do know here lately though the celebrities coming in have actually been training because yeah they've they actually been doing well yeah, yeah. but like uh, even even that match Bam Bam Bigelow main evented WrestleMania yeah he lost storyline wise he lost the match but like. He should have made more money than what he did. He, yeah. I remember an interview with it him. Was, and he, he, said, made, he made a quarter million just for that match. Yeah. Uh, and But for putting putting over a retired – now, now granted, it's LTM. Yeah. A lot of people say arguably the greatest yeah. football player ever he played. Made a, yeah. But, but still, uh, Bigelow made a quarter million for that match. But I think LT made two or three million dollars for that see, match. That, yeah. That's that's ridiculous. That's what I'm saying. It's yeah. like, and LT would not have looked as good as he did if it wasn't for Bam Bam carrying to the match. Because Bam Bam was just phenomenal. I mean, he was the, he, when Bam Bam first came out. When he was, I, I want to say he started in Memphis. I think so. Yeah, and he was this guy who weighs close to 400 pounds, and he's doing drop kicks like he's a cruiserweight. Yeah, he's doing drop kicks and moonsaults. And yeah. if you really want to see what Bam Bam Bigelow is all about, what he's capable of, go watch him dur during his ECW run. I mean, yeah. Especially his feud with Taz. 
uh, ECW, honestly, ECW showed him more respect than any of the other companies that he ever worked for. They showed respect for his talent as an athletic big man. I mean, yeah. he was a, he was an ECW World TV champion and World Heavyweight champion. And when he first went to the WWF back in the day, he was getting a good push. Andre didn't like him. Yeah. So his push basically got killed because Andre beat the tar out of him. Yeah. Like for real, a Survivor Series. Yeah. But like, like you said, though, the Kevin Nash and Shawn Michaels match was pretty decent match. Um, Sean, there's been the speculation that he botched the the jackknife on purpose. Yeah, I've I've, I've heard he's kind of sandbagged that one. Yeah, and because even Nash has said it, and, you know, him and Nash they were like best friends, but even Nash is like, yeah, he did that on purpose, you know, trying yeah. to because when he got him up, when he bet laid him almost laid him back on his feet, and then he kind of yeah. flopped down. And, yeah, and but it's not like Shawn Michaels to kind of sandbag any moves ever. You know, um, SummerSlam 2005, <laughs> but which was hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> it really was. Yeah, um, I mean, can, and I, I only say that if he'd been in the ring with anybody else, I would have called him unprofessional. Right. But him being in the ring in 2005 with Hulk Hogan, who had agreed upon plans of a, of a three match series with Sean, and then decided that's not going to work for me, brother. We're yeah. just going to do this one match. I'm going to win, and that's it. I really don't blame Sean for making Hogan look like a fool. Oh, and it, it was funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, there was one match at Mania 11 that, honestly, you, you put the two names there, and you're thinking, oh, this match is going to be great. And it stunk up the joint, and that was Bret Hart and Bob Backlund in the I Quit match. Oh, God. Yeah, and that part was, of that was part of that was Roddy Piper going. What do you say? Yeah, every like every two minutes, he was he was screaming into the microphone. What do you say? What do you say? And what do you like, say? <laughs> shut up! It's like shut up, Roddy. And it they have like, a, they, they would have a much better match at. Uh, honestly, they had a much better match the previous Survivor Series. Yeah, they did the uh, the towel match. The, yeah, the submission match where uh, Owen threw the towel in and Backlund won the title because that's how. Diesel got the title, beat him in yep. eight seconds in Madison Square Garden. And you know the weird thing, I mean, because I know we're talking about this is 1995, but I almost dare say it was almost like a fiscal year. It actually kind of started. Yeah. It, it started yeah. Survivor Series, went all the way to the Alexis, next Survivor Series. Yeah, because it, yeah, because Nash wins, you know, in November of eight, of 94, ends up losing the title in November of 95. To you know, loses Brett, it to Brett in Brett. a spectacular match. That was yep. one of the best matches of Kevin Nash's career. That and, was a fantastic match. And if your kids can read lips, you may not want to. Look. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. At the end of that match, yeah. His reaction, I was like, "Wow, oh yeah, he said yeah. that." <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, he said it. Yeah, yep, he yep, sure yep. did. So, uh, like, but, I mean, going back to the Kevin Nash thing of him getting, you know. It's kind of like a coach in professional sports. It's like team does good, you know. Coach gets all, you know. Coach gets the the praise because oh, he coached a good game and all that. But the team loses and the coach takes all the heat. Nash took all the heat for the poor business that happened during his title reign. But what was he supposed to do? Like the first in your house was him and Sid. 
uh, Nash got injured on a power bomb. That was when he hurt his elbow. Yep, that, injured his that, elbow. It was his right arm because, like, the next match they had, mm-hmm. Sid was working on his right arm, but he kept – anytime he'd do, like, the arm ringer or the arm twist, he always did it, like, the wrong direction. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I, that, that's – and because – so it made that match not be as great. And they're, and they're so used to working on the left side anyway. Yeah. That, so, I mean, I can't get that mad at Sid for that. But you had that, and, I mean, I've, I've always liked Sid Vicious. I mean, Sid, you know – he had the look, the intensity, the presence, everything. He's a big guy. But a lot of times, big guy versus big guy matches are not that entertaining. Because mm-hmm. especially if it's two big guys with limited skill sets, which is what you had with Nash and Sid. And then they both used the power bomb. So basically all match, you were getting punches and kicks and forearm shots trying to get the other in the power bomb. You get, here's how bad the main event scene was. Mabel wins King of the Ring and then gets a shot at Kevin Nash at SummerSlam. In the main event, that was the main event of SummerSlam 95. And it just. And I get it was the world title match, but it's like, this was a, this was a, a Monday Night Raw match. Kevin Nash versus Mabel for yeah. the WWF title <clears throat> should have been on Monday Night Raw, not at the main event of SummerSlam. And Mabel almost, literally almost broke Kevin Nash in half. Yep. By yep. dropping his 450-pound rear end on him, mm-hmm. on his back. Yeah. I mean, like, in... After he was told not to do that spot. Yeah. And Mr. Man wanted to fire him. As soon as yeah. he walked by stage, Kevin Nash was the one that said, no, 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 don't. Yeah. You know, don't fire him. But, I mean, it's like, okay, you take a banana. You lay it yeah. down and you take your hand right in the middle and just, yeah. And you see what's good. That's what almost happened. Yeah. You know? And that's also the same year. Uh, just a couple months later, Mabel broke the Undertaker's orbital bone. Yep. With, with a botched leg drop. Yep. Yep. And, and so that was something that's, I was even trying to think, I was like, okay, where was the Undertaker at during the SummerSlam stuff? You know, when all that was going on, because, they yeah, had I, I don't remember because the only uh, actually the, the only two matches I remember from SummerSlam '95 is Sean and Razor in the ladder match, the rematch yep. from from Mania, and then Nash and Mabel. I mean, not for the same reasons I remember the ladder <laughs> no. match. Ladder match was excellent. Actually, personally, I prefer the SummerSlam '95 ladder match over. The WrestleMania 10 ladder match. The 10, the WrestleMania 10 ladder match is historic. It's important in the, you know, the history of the company. But personally, I prefer the 95 SummerSlam ladder match. But I don't know where Undertaker was um, during that match. I don't I'm, know if he was hurt and he didn't have, I, I don't know if he didn't have a match. I can't really think of anybody that he'd be wrestling on that show. Comma. Comma match. Thomas stole the urn, yep. melted it down, made a big old chain. Yeah, and they had the casket match. Because that yep. was that was during the time Ted DiBiase had the Million Dollar Corporation. Yep. Because he had Kama and IRS and Sid and Tatanka. Because that's when Tatanka had turned heel. And, yeah. I didn't like Tatanka as a heel, but that's just me. 
Um, no, it, it just didn't work right. And I forgot Hakushi Hakushi against the one two three kid. I I might have to go back and rewatch that match. I am I am too because that, that sounds like it'd be a good match. Yeah. Um, let me see. Barry Horowitz beat Skip. Oh, that's oh, I remember that feud. Yeah. Um, Bret Hart defeated Isaac Yankum by disqualification. And see that that says anything. So we had a couple of high spots because he had Sean and Razor in the ladder match part two. Mm-hmm. And you had Bret Hart being wasted fighting somebody who's supposed to be an evil dentist. And this is long yeah. before Britt Baker, yeah. an actual and I mean, dentist. And you could have had you could have had Bret Hart and Diesel for the title. Yeah. Instead of King Mabel, who Nobody wanted Mabel in the main event. No. Fans didn't want Mabel in the main event. Wrestlers didn't want Mabel in the main event. I mean, he already had a track record of injuring people. And you put him in the main event anyway. What was Kevin Nash supposed to do with Mabel? How are you going to get a good match (laughs) out of that? Because, I mean, Mabel's – you weren't getting a good match out of Mabel anyway. He was just a big guy, limited mobility, limited, extremely limited skill set. But he you could know, do God, like this. I mean, God rest his soul. Yeah. You know, I, I'm not talking, I don't want to speak ill of the dead, but just factually, he was extremely limited. He was just a tall, very big man. And Vince McMahon's eyes popped out of his head and was like, well, here's a monster heel. But if he can't move around and really do anything, then what kind of match are you getting? And then Kevin Nash, who I, I like Kevin Nash. I've always liked Kevin Nash. But Kevin Nash was limited in his skill set as well. So mm-hmm. you mesh those two together and you get nothing. That's why Kevin Nash won the match with a top rope shoulder block. Yep. That, that's, <laughs> how he, that's how he beat him. And by the way, we know, Dwayne and I personally know how big Mabel. Yes. Waylon knows personally how big Mabel is. Lord have mercy. I was working at a convenience store in Hopkinsville and he was performing at a show at uh, the local armory in Hopkinsville. He's getting gas. First of all, that was the biggest Cadillac I'd ever seen in my life. And then this man walks through the door and I'm standing at the register and I'm just like, I felt like I was looking up, you know, forever. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm like, you're Mabel. And he's like, yeah. He's like, yeah. He's like, you a fan? And of course, you know, I'm like, of course. And it's like, which I'd seen him on TV and, you know, everything. But it was just like, a mate, just, I'd never seen a human being that big. I mean, he was tall and broad and just, and as the biggest white suit I'd ever seen in my life, because <laughs> he was wearing a solid white suit and, I mean, it was a, it was a good looking suit, but oh, that was a big man. Good lord! Say, and, <laughs> and wearing white will make him yeah. look even bigger. Yeah. So but that was uh, a big man. God rest oh, his soul. And I met Kevin Nash a few months ago, up in you know the the fan fest thing they had up in Chillicothe, and there's a picture, and I think I I posted it on one of our social media. I can post I it. I think so. Uh, because it was the Saturday after we interviewed Buff Bagwell. Yes. Yes. Because um, Buff is also in the picture. It's Kevin Nash, Buff Bagwell, Scott Steiner. Mm-hmm. 
that the only three? Yeah. And Kevin Nash is standing right beside me. I'm six foot one and I'm looking up at it. Yeah. And you're like this. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I mean, yeah. That dude, I mean, now he's not the biggest person I've ever seen. You know, I was because I saw Sean Bradley. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so Sean Bradley is still the biggest human being I've ever seen because <laughs> even Kevin Nash would be going, Yeah. That's right. Wow. <laughs> wow. But Kevin Nash, I mean, and now, he was struggling at the fan fest to kind of move around a little bit. And you can see at one point he stood up in his knees. I mean, you can tell we're giving him problems. You know? Oh yeah. Cause he's had a ton of knee surgeries yeah. over the years. And I mean, you got to think he's like a little over 300 pounds. Mm-hmm. Like he was, he was probably about 320 during his wrestling days, you know, carrying that weight on your knees and then being in an athletic sport, you know, it's going to do, you know, it's going to wreak havoc mm-hmm. on your knees. And before he became a wrestler, uh, well, he was actually in the army right before he became a wrestler. <laughs> and so he's doing a lot of running because that's what the yeah. army does. They run. Yeah. And before that, though, he played basketball at the University of Tennessee. Yeah. Yes. And he played center. So, I mean, so he had it. He was a legitimate yeah. athlete. I mean, no yeah. doubt he wasn't just big. But Plus, he, plus he's a tough guy because, I mean, he used to be a bouncer, too. Yeah. And I wouldn't, you know, he's like, get out of the bar. All right. I'm going. All right. Go, <laughs> so, go. All right. Deuces. You know, yeah, my wife, she can stay in there. It was good. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm fine. I ain't fighting him. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so, I mean, that was a lot of the stuff going on. And a lot of stuff going on in the WWF at the time was also kind of, like you said, I think you said kind of cartoonish, kind of common like a circus. Yeah. Bob Backlund was running for president. Yeah. Was he? I mean, that, I mean, because I, I honestly enough, I can actually see. Yeah, I mean, I could you know, see that in real life, but it's like another one of those ridiculous gimmicks, and it's like, can I just see some good wrestling? Yeah. Even even then, in 95, and I mean, we were, you know, early 20s, and it's like, can I see some good wrestling? That's mm-hmm. all I'm asking for. You know, it's, I don't want all the – and I think a lot of it, though – you and, I, you and I were privileged when we were coming up as wrestling fans to be mm-hmm. able to watch Mid-South and Memphis and the NWA, specifically Jim Crockett Promotions. And we saw wrestling first. Yeah. And like, and in 95, you know, with WWE and WCW, it was character first and it's like both companies forgot what was on the marquee you can have good characters and don't get me wrong i mean because sometimes you do need to have good characters yes, you can't have, yes. can everybody being bland i mean you yeah can't. you can't have everybody being bland everybody can't be a technical marvel it, because right. that that goes back to the cookie cutter thing where if everybody if everybody's a brian danielson then it's not going to be interesting right if you get the same type of match every single time, you've got to have some characters and you got to have some flavor, you know? And, and I don't even think it should be like a 50, 50 thing going like straight up. I mean, you got to have it kind of, you know, waving in and out some, you know, to where one day you may have like a majority character driven, but it cannot go so far that direction that all of a sudden the wrestling gets forgotten about. But also yes. if you can't, if you, all you focus on is the wrestling yeah, uh, which is really, I know it sounds kind of bad, but if that's all you focus on and all of a sudden nobody's going to want to watch. So you have to have that middle ground in there somewhere. Right. And, you know, oh, and one of the things I forgot to mention, but, you know, the King of the Ring pay-per-view, mm-hmm. 
that was also the one with the Brett and Jerry Lawler kiss my foot match. Yeah, that's that's why Isaac Yankum got brought in to begin with because Brett, uh, storyline wise, Jerry Lawler hadn't washed his feet in <laughs> in forever. Who and wrote that? Seriously, that was the crux of the storyline because. <laughs> Every time they had a match, Brett would beat Jerry Lawler. So Jerry Lawler's mm. plan is to have a kiss my foot match. I'm not going to wash my foot for a month. And then I'm going to make Bret Hart kiss my foot. Everybody knew what was going to happen. Brett ended up beating Jerry Lawler and making mm. him kiss his own foot. So then <laughs> Jerry Lawler said that he had a severe case of halitosis and had to go see his personal dentist. That's how we got Isaac Yankum. All right, pal, what we're going to do is yeah, have you not wash your foot. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be good. Yeah, <laughs> what am I doing? And then we're going to have Isaac Yankum, the <laughs> big bag of dumb for that name. <laughs> and then we're going to, just to play off of the dentist thing, we're going to have his teeth look like he'd been eating bugs for two years. And, and, and his, t- it, his teeth know, looked all gross. He walked right out of the meth lab. Exactly. Yep. Yep. He's like, all right, I was back there, you know, hitting hitting some rocks and I'm just going right here now. It's like, (laughs) oh, he's a big guy. Come here, pal. Come here, come here, pal. (laughs) But it's like nothing that they did worked. And it's like (laughs) even in Kevin Nash's, you know, even in his position, nothing went up until until they got the belt off of it. Yeah, and and you know the sad thing because we're thinking, okay, who could have Kevin Nash actually wrestled? Not the one people that are throwing at him. No, Bret Hart was there. Undertaker was there. Undertaker was, was kind of being wasted. I mean, yeah, and, you know, and I Undertaker think Undertaker was being wasted. Bret Hart was being wasted. Yeah, they were doing more with Sean than they were with the other two. But really, in a sense, Sean was being wasted in the mid card. You know because. These are guys who had already done their time in the mid card. Yeah, these were main these were main event guys, and Vince was treating Kevin Nash like Hulk Hogan in the eighties, where we're going to throw who's the monster of the month we can throw at the champion. And they just they didn't have a lot. Of and the, yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, they didn't even have a lot of monsters to throw at. Yeah, and and actually, I was thinking why they didn't have Brett. And Taker going against uh, Diesel was because they were all faces. Yeah. And Vince, he is pretty adamant about it. he does not want face versus face. Yeah. Uh, because I think because it splits the audience and, you know, it's better to have face versus heel. And sometimes you'll have heel versus heel, but then, but then like nobody gets cheered because everybody is getting booed. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, Vince, he's always been really adamant about that. And maybe that's the reason why. But maybe you shouldn't have turned Kevin Nash face that. And that was the big problem. Kevin Nash was, you know, a seven foot tall, 300 plus pound bucket, butt kicker. Yeah. You know, he, you know, he had that aura of bad, you know, he had that razor Ramon type aura of Mm -hmm. where this is a guy I'm supposed to boo, but I like him at the same time because he's cool. And it's like, Vince just flips the switch and it's like we go from this over here to the prototypical grinning WWE babyface. And there's a WrestleMania 
book that comes with the DVD that I bought in like in 2000. I mean, that's how old this thing is. <laughs> but as you talked about Kevin Nash and they actually refer to him as a placeholder, like a long-term placeholder. They mm-hmm. said, well, wasn't he, he, they, they even compared him to one of the presidents. Like, I think like McKinley was mm-hmm. he the one that was shot like a month into office or, I think so. or, or, or the one who died, you know, mm-hmm. like about a month later because he gave his inauguration speech. He spoke for way too long in a blizzard. Yeah, and then he died of pneumonia, and it's like it's not when he wasn't good, he wasn't bad. He was just kind of there. That's the way yeah. they referred to him as in their book that they put out. Well, and the thing is, that was their fault. Yeah, because one, you turn him heel. I mean, you turn him face. You could have left him heel, still had him beat Backlund for the title, because it would, it wouldn't have mattered anyway. Backlund was just a transitional champion, so yeah. it wouldn't have mattered if a face or a heel beat him. You could have had Nash stay heel, beat Backlund for the title, and have him go on this year-long heel run and mowing through all the competition, which would have been more believable than the grinning babyface who only had one legitimate challenger in a year's time, and that was Shawn Michaels. Right. It was the only legitimate (laughs) challenge he had to the title in a year was Shawn Michaels, and that was at WrestleMania 11 fairly early on into, until until he met Bret Hart until and, met Bret at the next until, Survivor Series. until yeah. Survivor Series 95 yep but you notice how quick things got better as soon as he lost the title because as soon as he lost the title he went back heel he had, all of a sudden he had an attitude again he had the attitude and, and he, that's and yeah. that's what was missing the entire title run was that attitude that edge and meanwhile on the other side on the other channel they had Hogan. Oh. Uh, I didn't notice. Ric Flair almost left WCW during his time because Hogan was no showing TV tapings. Mm-hmm. And Flair, yeah. I mean, was legitimately, yeah, you know, mad about that. And they found, they talked him into staying, but Hogan, of course, started bringing in, you know, his buddies. You know, he brought in Savage, which Savage wasn't a bad one. I mean, Ric- Savage is fine because it, that's one of the, you know, for me, that's, Savage is top five all time, but yeah, that's okay. But you know, Beef, beefcake or in, whatever Ed Leslie's name was. Yeah, he was bringing in beefcake, and he brought in the Nasty Boys, and he brought in you know, oh my God, just this whole group of people that amounted to nothing. Just to be perfectly <laughs> honest, that amounted to nothing. Oh, and taking and, up spaces that yes. could have been used to sign. Talent. But you know what they also had? Pasta Mania. <laughs> that was that year. Was that was the year of Pasta Mania? Oh. oh my God! And yeah, that was the year that Hogan was plastering his name on everything. And I noticed a weird thing about Hogan. A lot of people don't talk about. I don't know why they don't talk about it. Maybe it's like the elephant in the room. He should always have the mustache. I I said it. Yeah, because that whenever he decided, I think he shaved the mustache for a movie role or something. Something, and he just left it off. And he just left it off for a while, and it's like, no, no. It's like, I need that 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 mustache, dude. Yeah, there's just there's too much face. There's yeah, just, exactly. Too there's too mm-mm. there's too much. It's not. And, it's just not right. And you know what's weird? When he shaved the mustache, and with him being as bald as, as he actually is, yeah, him and Jesse Ventura actually look a lot alike. Yeah. <laughs> so but he had his pasta mania and some of the other 
bad pay-per-views or, or pay-per-views that had some bad events that make you go, who's writing this? Okay. The Bash at the Beach. Well, that one actually has some pretty decent matches, but the fact that there's hundreds of thousands of people, there's like 9,000 people right there watching the Bash at the Beach. This was the one I had in California. That Then they had the Dungeon of Doom. Good Lord. And yeah. I mean, and the bad thing is, poor Vader got sucked into that crap. Yeah. Because for a while, Vader was in the Dungeon of Doom, and it's like, I mean, you got Vader, in my opinion, the greatest big man in the history of pro wrestling. And then you got this group of clowns over here. Yeah. I mean, you got Kevin Sullivan who deserved better because Kevin Sullivan is, you know, very underrated character work, in-ring work. But then you had whatever character Ed Leslie was doing that week. You had the Avalanche, who was the Earthquake. Who also uh, deserved, I will say he also deserved who better. Who also deserved, John Tenta absolutely deserved better. Yeah than what he got because actually he wasn't even the avalanche in the dungeon doom they changed his name to the shark shark. yeah because he he changed his he changed his tattoo yeah he was the (laughs) shark ed leslie was uh was he butcher or zodiac i'm thinking he may have been zodiac by this point i don't even know anymore i mean oh and then you had the dungeon master I can't remember who played the dungeon master. But... Um, Prince Ikea, or no? Um, it was one of it was one of Sullivan's cronies when he had the Ministry of, or no, not the Ministry of Darkness. The um, his flock that he had down in Florida. Yeah, yeah. So, so not. Uh, I can't of, remember his name. Yeah, but he just sat there rambling. Yeah, and it's like I. None of it made any sense. They even had Luger and the Giant in the Dungeon of Doom. Jimmy Hart was the manager. It was just like the Island of Misfit Toys. <laughs> you know, I think they make like watch mojo videos about things like that. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it's and, just, and it's like, who is booking this? And was Eric Bischoff yeah. booking this at the time? Um, I think he had started to. He, you know, he was he was involved, oh, and Flair was the booker during part of this. But Flair always said he did not want to be a booker um, because Flair likes to be in the action. And Flair, he'll even tell you his his mind. He can't focus on any one thing for too long for him to be yeah, a booker. Yeah. So I mean, and that's just that's just him. I mean, he's like, nope, don't make me booker. You know, I'm I'm not gonna be able to do a good job at it. He even says it, and. You know, so Kevin Sullivan went, actually went back to being Booker at one point. Not Sullivan may have booked this because, I mean, he was involved. I don't know. I mean, well, this was not his Prince of Darkness uh, stuff no. from from Florida. Uh, this was Scooby Doo Mystery of the Week type stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, just I'd have gotten away with it too. Yeah, <laughs> kids. Um, but. The Great American Bash that year, and this is how I'll say, I'm not trying to bag on anybody, but I'm going to bag on some people. The Great American Bash that year was held at the O'Hara Arena in Dayton. Uh-huh. The Dayton O'Hara Arena was the same one where ECW, they actually held quite a few of their pay-per-views there. Yes. Yes, it is. Yep. And so ECW, they were never as big as, you know, they were always kind of next year. I mean, and they were always put on, I mean, they had, they, they were them. I mean, they yeah. definitely had their own identity. 
the O'Hare Arena is was not exactly known for being this grandiose arena. Right, right. You know, yeah. so um, and so for them to hold the Great American Bash there and not the Nutter Center right across yeah. town, which by the way, the King of the Ring the year before was held at the Nutter Center. Yep. Although they kept the front the Heartland of America. They never yeah. would say it was in Dayton. Yeah. It's like they were ashamed to say they were in Dayton, which I, I've lived there. I don't blame them. <laughs> uh and you know my daughter you know she well she's taking a year off from school obviously but uh but yeah her school right state that's where the nutter center is my daughter worked at the nutter center as a part-time job for a little bit yeah you know so but i just thought that was kind of comical that it was held at the o'hare arena but one of the things that you speaking of luger this was the year luger made the surprise yeah debut he of had, he had worked he had he was on like a handshake deal, but yeah, nothing his, was written. His contract had expired. His After con- that, it was it was like a per appearance. Yeah, and he had t- he had said that he was going to sign a new contract. So he worked Sunday night for WWF in Halifax, Nova Scotia, and then Monday on the premiere on the debut episode of monday nitro yep. he walks out in the in the pirate shirt and <laughs> yeah i mean now granted i mean probably the best dressed he's ever been probably yeah but he comes out there and people are like what is going on which i mean it made for good you know it was good shock value yeah. for uh for the first episode but it was like that's when things started getting dicey as far as contracts go because you know Luger walked Luger worked for WWF <laughs> Sunday night and Monday night he was working for the competition. You would have thought somebody said, all right, we just had somebody leave our company and go to the competition. Everybody forgot about him, you know, making sure we know where he's at. Let's not do that with anybody else, especially our people who are holding titles. Guess what happened in November? <laughs> Or maybe in early December. This is what I think about the WWF women's title. Blop. Yeah. And she did not want to do that either. She did not want to do that. Eric Bischoff pressured her into doing that. He's like, it would be great for your career. It'll be, you know, your name will be the, the, the talk of the business and everything. And it, it didn't work out. It, she, it didn't work out. No, because she disrespected the title by throwing it in the trash. Mm-hmm. And then... She was persona non grata for like 20 plus years in WWE. They yeah. just acted like she didn't exist. And then, you know, so you burnt this bridge over here. Mm-hmm. And then what did they really do for her in WCW? She, I mean, she was a, they, yeah, she was the only woman to hold the WCW Cruiserweight title. Yeah. But that's it. They yeah. never built, they, they promised her a women's division that they never came through with. They promised them to have a you know a whole division and a championship for the women's division. Never did that. They Eric Bischoff simply did it for shock value, which it I mean that part worked, but it didn't do anything for her. If anything, it killed her career. And I, I imagine that probably the conversation afterward that she dropped out. She went backstage. She was like, "Hey Eric, yeah, I dropped the belt in the trash. Yep, you sure did. Yeah. All right, now who am I going to wrestle? What? What?" Excuse me. Um, what? 
Oh, you wanted to wrestle? Oh, oh we, we just wanted to, uh, yeah. Um, I just needed you to drop the belt in the trash just so yeah. on, on live TV. I just needed you to do that. And I didn't know you were serious about the rest of it. And it's like, but tell you what, I see a monster truck with your name on it. Yeah. And speaking of monster trucks, because that happened not long after Halloween Havoc. Halloween Havoc <laughs> is... And so this is like you said, we can't just say it was oh, WWF no. because who thought, okay, first of all, having them going against each other, monster trucks to begin with. Interesting. Not a great idea. Interesting. Like, okay, that's different. Put them on top of an arena. Yeah. And then, then let's, go, let's push the giant off the side. Yeah. And, and then, then have him walk in the arena five minutes later. Yeah. And then have him <laughs> stroll in for the main event. Like, Hey, Hey guys, hey guys. how you doing? Here's no, the thing. Not, they not, did even, the mon- not even limping. No, not limping, not going, not even like selling a, a shoulder injury or anything. Just they even had like a, a helicopter view of the, the <laughs> building. Like, oh my God, he fell off the roof. And it's like they are acting like he was dead. And then he just pops up and he's like, <sighs> Yeah. All right. I mean. <laughs> He just pops up like Vin Diesel in a Fast and Furious movie, like everything's good. Let's get started. But they did the sumo, they did the sumo monster truck thing because they had, they were trying to, it was one of those things where they were trying to branch out and get their name on some monster trucks and get, you know, some publicity in that world. And yeah, nothing ever came of it. Don't do it on the top of the arena. Yeah, I, I want to know how they got the trucks up there. Actually, yeah, me too. That, that's that's a logistical thing. But I mean, that was a god awful card too. Just and then the giant wins the title. First of all, Hogan comes out like you said with no facial hair, and I don't know what the just no, no, <laughs> no. Hogan has that mustache. Yeah, I mean, he really he's, he's wearing he's wearing all black, and I don't know, I don't know what. I don't know what purpose the whole black outfit wore, was because he still did the same old Hogan red and yellow shtick. So yeah. I don't know what that was about. The giant comes out like it just no sells everything. You know, no sells the, the monster truck thing, the attempted murder of the roof. We're just going to no sell all that. <laughs> uh, and then he wins the title on a disqualification that wasn't explained until the next night on Nitro. Oh, and you're forgetting the most important part? The Yeti. The Yeti! Which was, which was a mummy. <laughs> I don't know why they kept saying a Yeti, because it was a mummy. No, not Yeti. Yeti. Yeah. And then he comes out, yeah. and they just double bear hug Hogan. And it looked really perverted. It did. It looked really bad. <laughs> it, looked really it, looked, it looked really bad. It was because, one of those where you're going to like put your hand over your kids' eyes if they're like, in the ooh, crowd. I don't know what's going on here. but And it's like just... And then there was so much outside interference. You had Luger. You had, you know, Jimmy Hart turning heel, turning on Hogan and siding with the Giant. And then, oh, uh, just... Well, uh, was hmm. this the Giant? Was this his, his first title run or title win? Yes, this was his first match. Okay. Yeah, that was his first match, and that was, he won the title on his first match. But it was due to a disqualification okay. because Jimmy Hart had had reworked the contract to where if if there was a disqual 
disqualification. If Hogan got disqualified, he'd lose the title. So Hogan ended up getting disqualified. I think he hit the giant with a chair or something. Right. And the giant wins the title, but they didn't even explain it on the pay-per-view. So the lasting image on the pay-per-view is Hogan getting double bear hugged by the Yeti and the giant and then the giant leaving with the title. And then they explain everything on Nitro the next time. I want to know how much toilet paper they wrapped that man up with. It was a lot. <laughs> oh my God. Just I mean, because because that was Ron Reese underneath all that. Mm-hmm. Ron Reese is another legitimate, like seven foot, seven yeah. guy. Yeah. That got and, saddled with a ridiculous gimmick. Oh, and the giant, I don't um kind of a sidebar. Uh, you know, Paul White, big show, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, whatever you want to call him. I heard an interview with him, and I think it was on Jericho's podcast like a few years ago. And he was talking about when he won won the title, you know, and he's brand new. Like I said, his very first match, he won yeah. the title. He's like, so what do I do with the belt, whatever? And they're like, oh, you wear it. You're the, you're the champ, man. You're the champ. Yeah. So he's wearing it at restaurants, wearing it in airports. And finally, one of, the old, <laughs> one of the guys like Sting or something told him, he's like, dummy, take the belt <laughs> off. You he's don't like, have to wear it everywhere. You just yeah. have to. Oh my God. Yeah. He's like, yeah, you're the champ, man. You wear it. And he's like, all right. Y'all wear, I'll wear it. <laughs> Speaking of being saddled with terrible gimmicks, the big show, Paul White, the giant, yeah. whatever you want to call it. When they first brought him in in 95, they brought him in under the guise of this is the son of Andre the giant. Yeah. No, you do not do. They should never have done that to that man because that was, he was, he was always going to get that comparison anyway. Yeah. Due to his size and his look. That is an unfair comparison to saddle on anybody. There's only ever going to be one Andre. Mm-hmm. Andre was a one of a kind, and it wasn't fair to Big Show to put that on him. That's a lot of pressure to put on mm-hmm. a rookie. Yeah. To say, oh, well, here's the character you're going to play. You're the son of Andre the Giant. And it's like, to me, that's first, first of all, it was distasteful to the memory of Andre, mm-hmm. me personally. Second of all, that was not a good thing to do to Big Show being a rookie is put that kind of pressure on him. Oh, I've got to live up to this. You know, that's that's something you can't live up to, right. being Andre the Giant. And that was probably and, Hogan's idea, to probably. be honest. I mean, and because I know I saw some interview, and when Big Show or – the big man, the giant. Yeah, yeah. When he was in the crowd, keep kind of grabbing at Hogan. And Hogan, yeah. I, I, I just, I just, all I could think about was Andre. Yeah. And it's like, no, why'd you do that? Come on yeah. now. And I'm pretty sure Andre, his daughter, I mean, because he actually has a daughter. Mm-hmm. You know, pretty, she's going, she's going, I have a brother. What? Yeah. Nobody and told I'm pretty, me. I'm pretty sure they probably didn't talk to her before they just ran with this whole storyline. And it's just like, so, folks, it trust me, it wasn't just WWE. It was WCW also. <laughs> the only company, honestly, that 95 was actually good for was ECW. Because yep. ECW was, was getting hot in 95. They were getting a cult following. People were really starting to, to pay attention to what they were doing. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. ECW was always known for goofy characters, but they never lied to you and tried to tell you no. that – it was something that it wasn't. It's like they they laid everything out of what they were about at every show, but they gave people their money's worth. And I feel like they were the only company during that time, during especially that year, that were giving people 
their their money's worth. That was the only show that you could leave and feel like I had a good time. I was entertained. Yeah. There was some good and, wrestling. There was some train wreck hardcore stuff. There was some goofy skits, but I was entertained through the whole show. This is where Steve Austin cut his teeth on promos. This is exactly you know, where he yep. first started shaving his head. Well, he was going bald anyway. Yeah. Uh, trust me, sometimes you just got to shave it. Just let yeah. it go. Uh, one, of my, <laughs> one of my friends said that he, because he was going bald and he shaved his head because he said, if I'm going to go bald, it's going to be on my terms, not Mother <laughs> Nature's terms. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and but one of the things, uh, two more, if you want to call them, um, events that happened. One, the collision in Korea. That was mm-hmm. in 1995, yep. which I, I don't know if that's a positive or negative because Apparently the wrestling was good. However, all the circumstances, I mean, yeah, the wrestling, yeah, the wrestling was good, but the, the travel, the accommodations, the, the North Korea. Yeah. North Korea, the (laughs) politics, all that was, was rough on everybody, but the, yeah, the wrestling was good. I believe the main event of that show was Flair and uh, Tatsumi Fujinami. For the title. Oh, uh, was it Tatsumi Fujinami or was it Antonio Inoki? Ooh, let me... Because Inoki was one of the people who was actually helping arrange that. But that was... Um, yeah, ask Scott Norton about his, <laughs> his opinion yeah. on that. Yeah. Um, collision in Korea. There it is. Uh, yeah, and yeah, right there. There it is. I don't know if you can see it or not. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Antonio, Noki, and, and Flair. Okay. Uh, I think uh, Fujinami was actually on the card, though. Let me see. Because I know at one time, Fujinami, like there was a time where Flair was the WCW world champion and they were using the, you know, the other belt, the belt they had yeah. made when Flair had left and gone to the WWF. And Tatsumi Fujinami was the NWA world heavyweight champion. He had the big gold belt. And I, that's why I think that's why I thought that was the uh, show um, they were on. Uh, you know what? Fujinami wasn't on this. Oh, he I wasn't on this was. show? Mm-mm. Oh, wow. Um, Hawk Warrior, that's what they called him. We were uh, yeah. Did you ever watch the um, Dark Side of the Ring about the... By the uh, I haven't watched that one yet. That one, uh, Scott, well, like I said, yes, that's Scott Norton about what he thinks about his trip in North Korea. Yeah, because yeah, I mean they they were about ready to just flat out execute him because of something he told his wife on the phone, mm-hmm. and you know it says oh Wild Pegasus who was also known as Chris Benoit, Chris Benoit, yep, yep. Uh, flying Scorpio, which I'm pretty sure was Too Cold Scorpio. Yeah, uh, apparently Too Cold Scorpio was going to stab Hawk. Oh yeah, they hated each other. Yes. Yeah, and so I mean he was going to stab him while they were in North yeah. Korea. Yeah, and. Yeah, so that happened, and another event, which um, I meant to bring it up a while ago when you were talking about, you know, how privileged we were, and I agree, you know, that we were able to catch all these territories, you know, Mid-South, uh, Mid-Southern, Continental, um, UWF, yep. World Class, and of course, Mid-Atlantic, yep. you know, which merged with Georgia and all them. During, like, the late 80s, early 90s, another territory formed which we could actually do an entire episode based on this because uh, a lot of good stuff came out of there, but it folded in 95 Smoky Mountain. Yep, that's true. Yep, Jim Cornette ran that promotion. Yep, and 
I mean, I'll give it to Cornette because Cornette really has done everything there is to do mm-hmm. in wrestling. Yeah. And he started a, he started a territory as yeah. the territories were yeah. folding and he started one, not a, yeah. not a, not an indie company. No, I mean, an actual mm-hmm. territory where he yeah. was doing deals with uh, the WWF at the time, because they actually had in at some point in 95, early 95, the undertaker went against Unibom, also known Spain. as Kane. Kane. Yeah. Yep. Glenn Jacobs. <laughs> Uh, uh, he, Kane was also the Christmas creature for a little while too. Yep. And so that right there, I mean, the thick, I mean, that was the last of the territories. Mm-hmm. It was the last one to form, but it was also, yeah, you know, when that one, that should have been. Yeah. When know, that one folded, that was the end of the territories. Yeah. Because the, the anything that was left kind of became like developmental systems for yeah. WWF, mm-hmm. you know, because yeah. USWA, that's what they became. Mm-hmm. Uh, OVW, which could be its own thing, yeah. which by the way, like we said, congratulations to Jack Vaughn, OVW yep. heavyweight champion. Yep. Uh, I don't know if you've seen that match. You know, I haven't seen that match yet. Uh, it, was actually, it was pretty good. You know, Jack Vaughn, I mean, I've actually seen him wrestle in person and he's an mm-hmm. old school guy. So uh, definitely check him out. But yeah, so 95... Was it as bad as what people say? I'd say overall, yeah. <laughs> yeah, overall, yeah. It was a pretty terrible year. I mean, there was some, there was a few bright stars and some, mm-hmm. <laughs> some very dark skies. But overall, yeah, it was, it was a pretty rough year for both major companies. ECW was that, that bright star. Yep. Because and... they were actually they were actually headed upwards while. Yeah. Stuff was I mean, bottoming out for the other two companies. And and we know ECW, I mean, their upward trajectory, I mean, it did hit a point yeah. and then it did. Forward. I mean, because you can't maintain that style forever, but I mean, yeah, that's a long time. Yeah, ECW was always going to have a ceiling. It yeah. was ECW was not going to have a 50-year legacy, but no. for what they were able to do in the time frame they were able to do it, it's it was impressive, especially in '95 when they were really getting hot. Yeah, and you know we kind of didn't talk about a lot of stuff going on in Japan, but there was a lot of things going on. And this was, of course, the day before everybody had the internet, so a lot of yeah. stuff that went kind of unnoticed. But yeah, you know, New Japan was doing a lot of good stuff. At one point, they had a an event over there. It had been like the equivalent of a pay per view. Where they had like thirteen different companies in Japan all came mm-hmm. together. Yep. This one event. Think about that. Mm-hmm. You couldn't do that here, even with with the indie companies. I don't think no. you're going to get thirteen different ones. And I've seen a couple where they had like two or three. And this is you know fairly recent where they had yeah. some cooperation to get thirteen of them. Yeah. I mean, you couldn't even do that even back in the territory days when they right. have like all these super cards where you have like the, the Mid-Atlantic or NWA, AWA, you may have world-class, you may have like four or five on a show, mm-hmm. but not 13. I mean, no. you know, so, so there were some bright spots, but yeah, 95 down year surrounded by two good years, actually, because 94 was a, well, 94 was a decent year. 96 was definitely an upswing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, oh, but any last words before we wrap this up? Uh, no. Um, it was good to talk about some old school stuff. We'll definitely have to, uh, do some more of that. There's a lot of, I mean, 
I just turned 49. You'll be 49. <laughs> end of August. Next, yeah, end of August. I mean, yep. we've watched wrestling since we were little bitty. <laughs> we I mean, were. I was five. I was, I've been watching wrestling since I was five years old. I mean, there's a lot of history there that we that, can cover. Oh, yeah. And we love to do it because we love to talk about old, We talk about new stuff, too, but so yeah. it's just good to go back and talk about the old stuff. So, yeah. Yep. Um, even if it is, I mean, I don't want to be a totally negative show, but it, it is still fun to talk about it because it's not like the people we're talking about were just bad in that year because right, Kevin Nash, right. we, know, we know the influence Kevin Nash had in wrestling. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. we know, obviously, we know the influence Hulk Hogan had yeah. in wrestling. You know, and both of those, you know, good or bad. I mean, a lot of stuff we, we hear about stuff that went on behind the scenes. We weren't there, but we only hear the stories that they tell. Yeah. And so we kind of just talk about the stories they tell, but I mean, to us, it's still interesting and it all lends to the overall story. And that is professional wrestling, which we love to watch and we love to talk about. That's mm -hmm. why we have the show. Exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> but like, yeah, thank you ladies and gentlemen for listening to us, to downloading us, to watching us, however you choose to uh, partake, but remember to email us armchairbookingpodcast at gmail.com. If I can <clears throat> speak. And, you know, just hit us up, let us know how we're doing. Give us, give us a rating, especially if you listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. I know they have the rating system. You can also give us an actual review. Let us know we're good. Let us know we're bad. It actually helps us not only um, improve our product, but also it kind of helps with the algorithm so other people can also get it to us. Well, tell yep. your friends. I mean, definitely tell your friends about us. Tell them to come give us a listen. And if you don't want to give them a listen, tell us why you're not telling them to listen. Right. We need to know these things. We're caring word, souls. We really are. Word of mouth goes a long way. Yes, it does. And so, but until our next episode, God bless. God bless.